Well, uh, I'm on. Oh. The well of drinking might have been bound in some places, but not here. No. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, have a drink. No, have a drink. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about Pam a minute, and Dorman's going to talk about Steve. Our relationship goes back a long way. Long. When they first came to Hereford, here came two hippies. Pam had hair down to her butt. (laughs) She could sit on it. It was beautiful. Uh, And Steve had long hair, but then he had to get it cut because he had a job here. (laughs) That I probably didn't really let him wear long hair back then. Yeah, Steve had long hair at one time. Pam really had long hair. But our relationship, we became friends immediately, and it was a wild and crazy, uh, wonderful friendship. Uh, Pam, I had two kids. Pam, I always tell this story because it was so funny. She loved to talk and tell me details. And she came over one day, and I had two kids, and I think Angie was still a baby. And um, she was little. Anyway, I uh, Pam... She'd look at me and say, I want to talk to you, but you got to pay attention. And I said, Pam, she didn't have any kids. I said, i got to take care of the kids. I mean, you can talk and I'll listen, but I can take care of the kids and listen. But she, she wanted full your full attention. And I've always noticed over the years, though, Pam is very good at this. If you talk to her, she will give you her full attention. She's all, I know y'all have noticed that. She's, she's very good at just listening to what you have to say. And that is a really a wonderful gift. That's a wonderful gift to have because she's interested in you and in, in, she's always been interested in what I've told her and she's always been there for me. And for Dorman. And so it has been a wonderful friendship. But when we, we had some wild and crazy times, uh, this is what happens when two, uh, very, uh, I want to say the word wild, but we weren't wild, but we were adventuresome spirits <laughs> comes together. Uh, when when Pam and me would have these wild ideas, and we were on this ski trip, and uh, we talked the guys into going down a, a road we'd never been on, a windy, steep, narrow road up in the mountains, and we always wanted to go down roads we'd never been on. We are very adventuresome. So I don't know if it was her or me came up with the idea. Let's get up on top of the car and hold on to the racks, the, the hand. The, no, the kids never do this. Kids, you hear me? Don't ever do this. Hold on to the, the racks where the, the suitcases go. And we go around the corners real fast while the guys are driving, you know. And here we are up on top. It's cold outside, and me and Pam are are laying up there, and I think Steve was driving, and Steve had a little bit of mischief in him, and he turned on the windshield wipers, and he had hit the the washer, you know, and it would spray up on us, you know, and we'd get wet, and we'd scream, and then he'd do it again, you know, and we had all kinds of crazy things we did. 
But our venturesome, venturesome spirit never ended. We, um, we'd drag our kids up on the ski slope and, you know, anything to go skiing. So here, thank goodness Jansen and Christy aren't here. But <laughs> me and Pam had infants and we wanted to ski. And so we ha- we came up with this idea. I don't know if it was hers or mine. That's why we think alike a lot of the times. I mean, we just kind of, oh, that's a good idea, you know. So here here we were. We had two infants, and she said, I said, or I, she said, I don't know who it was. But we decided that while the other one was going skiing, I would nurse her baby, and she would nurse Christy. So Jansen and Christy get so embarrassed when we talk about this. <laughs> but so Pam would go skiing, and I would nurse Jansen and and, and Christy, and then while I, and then she'd come back, and I would go skiing, and she'd nurse Christy and Jansen. It worked. <laughs> well, we were into nursing at that time. Way too much information. But th- this just goes to show that how adventuresome we were. Nothing stopped a good ski trip, right, Pam? <laughs> we we I, we didn't do that with you, Aaron, honey. Okay, I was through. I was through. <laughs> but you know, I I I want to just say, Pam, I love you. We're friends forever. And it's not a goodbye. It is just a continuation of friendship. You're just changing addresses, but you're going to, this is going to be home. And uh, we're just always going to be friends. And you're not going to be too far away. And we love you. And uh, I could go on and on with all these stories. But, you know, uh, I, I know that... Um, there's so much goodness and so many things that's going to happen while you're down there. And you're just going to be that grandmother and granddad for these little ones that you want to be for and be there for them. And um, when I was, I, I want everybody to look at those pictures in there, Pam and Steve. I have them in the, in the fellowship hall. Um, I was going through and I thought, I don't know what year this was, but I could kind of look. And Pam, I couldn't, I was trying to go by hairstyles. Pam has pretty much the same hairstyle <laughs> over the years. And I'm thinking, oh gosh. So I had to go by Steve's. <laughs> Not. <laughs> well, when Steve, I think it was 74, 75 when y'all moved here. And I was, I was going to say something to Pam. You know, this whole thing on exchange and all the ministry we've been doing all these years actually started with Pam ministering to me back there in Hebrews chapter 12. Let it rather be healed. That started this whole thing, Pam. It did. started this whole thing. And I was thinking, you know, when they moved here from college and they've worked 40 years, and now they're retiring, same place. That's called faithfulness, folks. That's called faithfulness. And uh, I was thinking, uh, you know, Steve, uh, about in 78, first, year, first of 78, he, he told me that you need to quit your job and go full-time. And he, he uh, pushed me. 
And if he hadn't have, I wouldn't have. I know that. But I think of all that's happened in ministry and all that's happened all these years because you pushed me. And I want to thank you for that. See, I could have missed it. And uh, so keep pushing. There's other people need some pushing. You may have some kids or something that need a little pushing. But, you know, I, th- I thank you for that. And, you know, the thing about it is <clears throat> I'll miss you. But the thing about it, I'm not going to worry and think about the missing. I'm going to think about the 40 years uh, of the times we had together. So if I do that, I won't have time to miss you. All right. We got 10 minutes. Somebody else, we're going to have a meal. All right, Mike, come on. Oh, yeah, we don't have to go just 10 minutes. I'm just saying. We are going to eat here in a minute. Well, I'm going to end up sharing a little bit of my testimony because uh, Steve was a pretty vital part of not only my life and what the Lord did for me, but also our family. Uh, in 77, I was a custom harvester, and I was a basket case of a mess. Um, I had worked myself up to a pack and a half a day smoking camel cigarettes, non-filters, and uh, drinking when I could, and just, I was a basket case. But on harvest in 77, my wife was coming back to the Lord. She was a Christian, and I was a heathen. But the Lord was drawing her back, and we were way up in Colorado harvesting, and uh, we were where we could get antenna TV. We had a little tiny TV, and she started watching uh, a lot of Christian programming. But one of the programs was Oral Roberts, and Oral Roberts was getting ready to build the City of Faith, and the Lord just spoke to him, and he said, I believe that anybody that sends me their prayer request and a multiple of seven like $7, $77, whatever, that God will answer their prayer in 77. Well, our daughter had started going to church in Freona with a boy, and uh, her oldest son, Tim, and myself were lost as a gourd. And so she asked me, because she was learning a little bit about wife submission at the time, if she could send some money. Well, I was a good old boy. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Send him $77. So she did, and on her prayer request, she wanted her oldest son, Tim, to get saved, me to get saved, and for her brother to come back to the Lord, and their family to get restored. Well, guess what? In 77, I cut from Mike Brumley, by the way, and Mike was pushy, and uh, he still is, but he, he had, in the spring of that year, he had taken me to a full gospel businessman's meeting at the old Jim Hill Hotel, and I got touched. Something happened, but it didn't stick, but something happened. So that fall, he said, I want you to go to church at Westway Community, whatever the heck that was. So we had gone to church, and um, Tim had always thought he needed to be baptized. Anita gave him the right to choose when he got baptized. So Somebody mentioned something about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Tim says, I think I probably need to be baptized. So he went to Steve Louder. And Steve discerned that Tim needed, he needed to know about what he was doing. So he gave him some scriptures to study or something. That was on a Sunday morning. And I think that Sunday night, Tim had studied over what Steve had given him to read. 
So he went forward to get baptized, and Steve said, now, I think this is the way it went, Steve. Which one? Tim looked at him and says, is there more than one? So Tim got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit that night and got water baptized later on. So Tim got the, the real deal. But me, I was in that congregation, and Morris was preaching, and uh, Steve gets, gets up and walks to the front. Morris steps away from the podium, and he said, um, somebody, somebody, the Lord is touching somebody right now. Well, I had shaken his hand coming in, and I was pretty sure he looked right at me. And my heart started beating, like beating. So I'm looking for the door. And I could tell Morris was, Morris was getting ready to put a lid on it, and I've, I've got one foot out the aisle looked, heading for the door. And he gets up again. He goes up there. I thought, what's that guy doing? And he kind of it got real quiet, and he looked around, and he said, somebody's being disobedient. And my heart started beating so hard, my ears were ringing. But I made it to the door, and Anita and I got in the pickup. We're heading back to Friona, and I was wrenching that steering wheel. I was wrenching it, and I said, i got to do something. i got to do something. Anita would look at me. I don't know if she knew what was going on. Get to Friona, go in the house, and I'm pacing the living room back and forth. My heart is banging now out of my chest, and I said, man, i got to do something. i got to do something. And she said, well, I wish you'd just do it. Quit this and just do it. At that time, I had the world's worst memory. I couldn't remember 10 minutes ago what happened, but Steve Lauder's name came to me. He had shook my hand coming in the door, and his name came to me. I thought, Steve Lauder, this is his fault. So I, I had a Freona Herford directory, and I looked up his number, and I called him at the house. This is like, what, 10 o'clock at night? Something like that. And uh, Steve said, how can I help you? I said, we need to talk. About what? About what you said tonight. Steve said, what did I say? I thought, man, he doesn't even know. He looked right at me and he said it. He's, he's playing with me. And I said, well, what you said about God or whatever. And I said, we need to talk. And he said, yeah. He said, why don't you come over to the house about, oh, about 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And what went through my mind was, I'm going to be dead. You know, my heart is still hammering, and my ears are ringing. I said, I'm not going to live till 5 o'clock tomorrow. But he was pretty insistent that 5 o'clock was the time. So I said, okay, and I hung up, and my heart went back to normal. Ah, that's a relief. So I walked in to Miss Responsibility was sitting there, and I said, well, I don't have to go see him now. I'm all right. She said, oh, no, you made an appointment. You have to go see him. Yeah. So I thought about it the next morning. I thought, well, them folks didn't smoke, so maybe I better not smoke. So I took my little plastic package of Camel cigarettes, you know, the plastic package where you could stick some books and matches in the front of it, and I tossed it in the glove box when I drove over to Hereford and went into Steve's house. And He had it kind of set up funny. He had a couch over here, but he had a row of chairs, and I thought, what's this all about? So he sat in one of the chairs, and I sat on the couch, and he said, well, we talked about the weather, and we talked about baseball, and finally he, he asked me that trick question. Do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? Wait a minute. I thought, Baptist asked me that one time. Let's see. What do I, what do I, I said, no. 
And uh, wrong answer. And he said, well, do you see any reason why Jesus, you couldn't accept him right now? Here, another trick question. I say, no. He said, well, okay. So he gets up out of the folding chair and he comes over and he kneels on the floor next to this couch. So I looked at him and I said, hmm, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. So I turned around and kneeled and put my elbows on the couch. And he said, just repeat after me. I don't remember a word he said. Because Jesus came on me, and all I could say was, I love you, Jesus. Those words were not in my mind. I, mean, I never said that in my life. I never would have thought of that. But all I could say was, I love you, Jesus. And Steve led me to the Lord. It was, you know, awesome. And then, for the next X number of years, we were part of Steve's home group. And um, that was the most marvelous time in Anita and I's life. It was awesome awesome because the Lord just showed up every single time and <clears throat> showed us things and we grew and we grew and it was just it was just awesome awesome time and by the way Steve led me to the baptism of the Holy Spirit right after that and uh, oh I got back in my pickup oh I'm gonna tell you I was instantly delivered of, of two and a, a pack and a half camel cigarette smoking no need, no withdrawal. When I walked out that door toward my pickup, I just knew I would never smoke another cigarette, ever, ever. And the wonderful thing about it is I could be in a room full of smokers, and it didn't bother me. I mean, there was no withdrawal. There was no desire. It was, I was delivered. The devil hated that. He hated that with a passion because that was a, a stone in my life right there. God delivered me, and it was over. And I opened up the jockey box and took out that pack of cigarettes, and I remember flipping them into the back of the pickup. I have no idea where they went from there, but I flipped them into the back of the pickup. I knew, I knew, I knew I'd never smoke again. Amen. I was watching their daughter and grandkids, and I was thinking the time when the doctor told you you'd never have kids. What does he know? <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody else? Yo, come on. Let the redeemed of the Lord. Well, um, uh, when I was younger, I went to their house, and that was the first time I ever rode a horse. I was so excited because I loved animals, and I never really got to pet horses or ride them, so when I came to their house, it was the first time. I was really happy, and my sister got to ride too, but the thing that was fun for me was I got to be up there with my mom, who was at the front riding on the horse because she didn't want my bottom to hurt from sitting on the horse's bare back. And... um. The thing that I loved about their house was that the animals, because the, they had, like, goats and stuff, and I just loved petting them and seeing them. And um, my, the fun thing was that I went to their house one day, and they had puppies, and I really like puppies. And so when I saw them, there was a runt of the litter, and he had a tee on his back, and he 
he would just come up to me and jump on my lap and play with me and stuff. And that was the fun thing. And they have blessed us so much because they've given us something, some books for our homeschooling. And they've showed us some books that we would use. And it's been a real blessing for us to use those books in our homeschooling. And so I just really am glad that they have come and helped us in our life. Well, Pam, Steve, y'all want to say anything before you leave? I mean, you're not leaving today, but, you know. I never come up here with notes, do I? <laughs> well, I was crying this morning. Uh, as I woke up, you know, I knew this was going to be a difficult day. So I decided, instead of getting up here and crying, I was, well, although I'm fixing to, but um, I just wrote it down, okay? So I wrote y'all a letter this morning. Thank you, Zeke. Thank you. I, I titled it My Church. This is my church. This is my church. Thanks for your friendship for 40 years. Now, 40 years. Uh, we were 40 years here about January. We landed at this church. You've seen my ups and my downs. You've cried and laughed with me. We have served together. We have grown spiritually. We've traveled. We've played. We've done lots of fun things, haven't we, Jana? <laughs> and for 20 plus years, we walked together with Community Christian School. And I mean, we were right in there for 20 plus years walking together with a Christian school here in our church. You've helped Steve and I, and this is so true, raise five great kids. You know, it takes more than parents to raise good kids. I promise you. And I appreciate all the influence you had on my kids because they they love Jesus now with all their hearts. But I guess most of all, you've fed me. You've fed me spiritually. You've stretched me. You've encouraged me. You've corrected me. You've motivated me, and you've challenged me. You've let Steve and I fulfill our part in the body of Christ. You've been open to just letting us do what God's called us to do. And for all this, I say thank you. Each of you will always have a place in our hearts. We will return to visit. I will need a good dose of the word and lots of hugs. So thanks. This is not goodbye. No. This is, we'll see you later. <laughs> well, amen. <clears throat> thanks, Mike and Dorman and Jana and uh, Kent and Gail and Jerry. And, I mean, I could... I could probably name everybody here. Thank you for being our friend, being a, a long-term friend. Uh, I guess we've been here as long as just about anybody, and it's it's fun. And uh, as we depart this place, 
That's one of the things that that gives us the strength is that we do have relationship with most of you that that will last. I mean, geography doesn't make it or break it. Maybe a little harder, but it doesn't change the love we share. And that's, that's what the body of Christ really is. You know, if, if, if you were here last week, I, was, I got to preach. And that's what I talked about. It's the body of Christ. You know, I hope you heard me. Don't be deceived in thinking that the call that God makes upon us is just to get along. That's not it at all. But it is oneness, which only comes by sharing the one and only heart that makes you one. Dennis and I are not one because we like each other. We're one because we share the same spirit. So we're living the life of Christ, each one of us, and it's the fact that we live the same life that makes us one. So that's what we're doing, and we're going to keep doing that. Separation will be hard at times, and we will miss you very much. But we're not the first ones to leave, and we won't be the last. This church has been an Antioch for years and years and years, and more of you will be sent out because that's the purpose that God has for it. We didn't know this was going to last this long nor come to an end like this. But that's the way God does things. So thank you for your friendship, your love. You know, one thing I'm pretty confident of, you're going to love us no matter how we act. And that's real important. Thank you very much. I love you. I really do. I look back there on the back row and I see Delana and I see Angie. Dorman and I used to, put one of them between our legs and teach them how to ski. They were a lot smaller then. That was fun. Thanks for being our friend. We love you. We really do. Please remember that, okay? All right. Well, let's eat. <laughs> Mike, come up here and bless their food and anything else you can think of. <laughs> you know, this, uh, I tell you, one of the things we're going to learn that's I feel like the, the Lord's just laying on my heart is the power of proclamation. The power of proclamation. Amen. Jesus. I bless the food. Amen. I don't travail for the nations when food's before us. So I'll do it after dessert. I bless all of you. Eat, enjoy. And if you got any prophetic words for Pam and Steve, bring them forth. Huh?